Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. At this point, considered its own mental illness. What the fuck is neuronormal? Exactly. Somebody who doesn't have anxiety. Somebody who doesn't have depression. Uh, like, you know how they're like, uh, okay. three out of ten people have anxiety. Three out of ten people have depression. Now, what point, like, there's clearly a lot of overlap. Hi, everybody. But, what if it, like, at that point, the overlap just gets, like, so... Think of a Venn diagram, all right? I'm gonna draw this shit real quick. Nope. I'm gonna draw this. You draw what? What are we drawing? So, like, here we got the group that has anxiety, and here we got the group that has depression, and here we got the group that has, like, PTSD, and then, like, over here we got, like, the group that have you schizophrenia. Get, I but I mean, like, look, at some point you have so many circles that there's only a little part that's, like, not affected by any of them. So I feel like at that point, people would think that that like one person is a sociopath. Probably because if Does you that don't mean have soci a little- Like look, sociopaths are the only normal, truly normal people? There's no such thing as normal. Hi guys, remember us? None of this is normal. Welcome the fuck back, back at it again. Back at it again. All right, I you guess we'll save that part for later. I'll throw it in as a curveball, don't worry. We bring our pop perspective. Whole time, what are we doing? Cause I was just doing a soft open. We <laughs> I was gonna get to the whole like branding and shit. Let's look. Let me uh, the Zach Fox freestyle got you fucked up, huh? <laughs> I got depression. <laughs> Hey, yo, rest in peace, Betty White, though. This shit is tragic. It uh, really is. Uh, American man. icon, just short of 100. That's, that's like... Mitch McConnell was right there, dog. Mitch I saw a great right tweet. There. They were like, let's just be happy we told Betty White we love her while she was alive. Yeah, we did give Betty her roses while she was here. Yep. You know. Especially after, you know, a couple of weeks ago when you was talking about how much better Nancy Reagan looked than Betty White. You, that's so trashy. You, I can't believe he would do that. You were the one that started that! <clears throat> I can't believe he would do that, y'all. Rest in peace, Betty White. That shit is so wrong. God, you should feel ashamed of yourself. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, I hope you guys had a safe and happy New Year's celebration and a safe and happy Christmas. Um, if you don't celebrate Christmas, a safe and happy, whatever it happy is that gets you going. Happy or merry Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa. It keeps you from being a sociopath out here in these streets. Or. Because it's really easy right now. Truly normal. Here's an argument. Truly normal. People that are actually unaffected by any mental illness are true sociopaths. I don't believe that they, that exists at this current state of affairs. Nigga, COVID is still a thing. Here where we reside at in the glorious state of Maryland, also colloquially known as the DMV, right? A lot of mask mandates are coming back into play because Omnicron ain't here to play. <laughs> how was how was your holiday season? What did you do for New I legit last night binge watched 
Animaniacs. It's just fucking hilarious. And hot take, hot take. Hot take? Is this a hot take? Pinky in the Brain is super hit or miss. Ooh. Okay, so new Pinky in the Brain or just in general? I feel like it's... Uh, if, if Pinky's not done right, Pinky just can make the whole thing cringe. So, you didn't answer my question. So, but you, you're, I, you're I, specifically referring to, to the new, new ones. Okay. But the new ones are very, like, on key with the old ones. So, your whole argument, though, is that Pinky, Pinky's not... Pinky can either, like... Pinky's very cringe. Yeah, Pinky, Pinky's a heat check player. Okay. When what Pinky's on fire... But when Pinky is cold, it's like watching Russell Westbrook in the fourth quarter. Damn, damn. Speaking of the NBA, COVID cases are rising up and crashing through. I don't know if I like that one. No, me neither. Like I said, let me keep it in as a curveball. Okay. All right. All right. We might. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do it again when I say we're we gonna do leave, it again. We're gonna leave that in though. But it's not we're not there yet. We'll let you guys know. We'll wait everybody. It's like it's like the slap <laughs> bet from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Which is a terrible show, by the way. I've never watched it. Alright, so here's how you make an episode of How I Met Your Mother. You take Okay. The hot friend. Mm-hmm. The charming single friend. Sounds very typical so far. Are they all white? The, the, yes. Ah. The couple. Okay. Also and white? Then, yeah. Ah. And then the player. Okay. Also white. Ah. You put them in a bar. And then you guys tell all of the so we were drinking stories you've ever heard in your fucking life. So it's the aftermath of every teen sex comedy that we grew up with in the 2000s? Yes. Ah, so it's what happens when they all become functioning adult alcoholics. Yes. Ah, okay. It's what Neil I mean, Patrick Harris got his claim to fame. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not like socially inept. I've heard of the show. Yeah. I've just never seen an episode. Right? So there was a thing in one of the episodes where it's a slap bet. You know me have definitely been exposed to some How I Met Your Mother. It just, it happens. But? They have this thing called a slap bet, where uh, I think Barney loses a bet and Marshall has, they're like, okay, I can either slap you ten times right now, or slap you three times whenever I want. Whenever I want. How do you lose a, how do, how do you lose that kind of a bet? I need to know because like if being slapped is on the line like okay so now we're putting me in uh, squid games territory and there's some like heavy money on the line how do you think i'm about to let you put up like my face as collateral like why why would i do that especially if the reward you get is, is a slap like or the punishment how okay i would jump out of an airplane with a parachute would you was that the other choice? No, I'm just saying. Would you jump out of a plane? You're hesitating. With the exactly right. We do these types of slap stupid aspects. <laughs> Welcome to cultural differences. So just, just 
you know. But what were the parameters of the? Never mind. All right. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. It, I'm the, just the bet I'm just was upset and the, the loser. The loser this has it. to choose to get ten slaps right then and there. Oh, okay. Right. Or three slaps whenever, wherever. Still very caucastic, but keep it rolling. Yeah. So the Barney, I, I think it was Barney, lost, and uh, he chose to get three slaps whenever, wherever. Okay. And Marshall, Barney was like the whole episode was like, "Are you gonna slap me now?" Marshall's like, "No." I'm the season finale. He then slaps him, right? And then it Fuck becomes a thing it. for the rest of the series that he has two slaps left. That he has, he still has two slaps. Because you know, being lazy, cookie cutter American sitcom, when you can lean back into, into a joke, slap, right? You remember when that was a thing? It's like chicken fight. It's like Peter and chicken fighting in Family Guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. What did you do for New Year's? I worked. I drove uh, around for door dashing and um, I edited because I had to make sure that this was up on time because of our This Week in History being so dope last week. Or get it up on New Year's Day. Surprise, you guys might all see it by the time this episode is up, but we are getting a logo. Ooh, brand new year, new look. Yep. Who this? Same pod, though. Same pod. And, like, you know, the structure of the logo is the same, the faces with the water, right. with the graffiti background, but we're getting it updated into a gorilla style. Upgraded. And I showed my mom the that rough just... draft and the original, like the one we have now and then the rough draft. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the one that you did. And then I'm like, yeah, but it's also just like bitmojis with some water thrown at the front. I don't. And, she, and she's like, I kind of like. And then I showed the, the the rest of the artist's work, and she was like, I don't know, Dad. These look kind of evil. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, now you're happy because it made. Hold you on. Wow. And then wow. I'm like, well, Mom, we're just getting this stylistically redone. And she's just like, well, I'm just saying if I saw that, I would keep scrolling. I told her, I'm like, well, Mom, in fairness, you're the exact opposite demographic we're going for, so. Dang. You probably just enticed her to listen to the pod, though. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Shout out to Mom. Ayo. No, um, <clears throat> we'll put it up on a Twitter poll, right? Like, why not? We'll put the new logo up alongside the old logo. Y'all let us know which one you like better, right? And, I mean, it's... I'm excited to see what the, the artist comes up with. I, and, like, I think it's cool that I made the logo. I love the graffiti that I made. That's the one I'm really proud I was gonna, of. But, I'm, like, the logo that we have right now, I'm not gonna lie, guys. It's our Bitmoji with clip art and more clip art. Look, um... What Kendrick say? Be down, humble. Be humble. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad looking. It, look, it's not a bad looking thumbnails. I, nope. I, didn't, I didn't think it was bad, but I mean, look, it's time for an update. Look, new year, new new profile. We gonna clean some things up. You know, we gonna still the same Southern Fried playlistic attitude. <laughs> Southern playlistic funkadelic. New look, new takes. Let me get my Virgil Avidal. Rest in peace. <laughs> right? Rest in peace, Betty White. I know you ain't dead yet, but I know you will be soon. Shit. Shout out to Zach Fox. Hey. I hope that we don't let this one, even though it was earlier in the week, go. John Madden died. 
2021 just had to take, you know, it feels weird to say, right? Because, of course, black people were going to die at the end of the year, right? People die every day, B. But <laughs> we didn't, we've never, never, had, a year, like, we've never had a year that dropped so many celebrities like 2016, though. Whew, that shit just came through like a fucking sniper, didn't it? <laughs> Super hot take. 2016. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for you to say it. Come on. Just, uh, the just Rapture? Oh, wow. Of celebrity? Yeah. <laughs> the Rapture of Hollywood talent? Yeah. 2016 wow. was the Rapture. Wow. Of Hollywood talent, huh? Because what you're saying is... Um, Prince, Muhammad Ali, David Bowie. Michael. But didn't Michael go out that year, too? Jackson? Yeah. He died in 2009. Was that 2009? Oh, my God. Is it weird that Michael Jackson died for me is a weird flashbulb moment? And it's not because of when I found out. It's only because of where I found out. I mean, I feel like that's right. Like some. It was right after I got arrested at Wendell Hospital for trespassing. And that's why you remember? Well, it was. So we were minors. So we got quote unquote arrested. I think I've told this story on the pod. I might not have. It was a bunch of us going to this abandoned hospital. Right? We already get a great idea. Okay, so you're rolling up to this abandoned hospital, right? It's because like, it's got ghosts. You and the boys going ghost hunting, right? Yeah, like, me, the boys, the girl I was talking to at the time, right? Okay. So, we're also super smart at 17 and had Gatorade with, like, Super smart. Super smart 17-year-olds going ghost hunting. You know, it's just me, the boys, girl I'm into. (laughs) We're super smart with the Gatorade. And the vodka. What did you say? Gatorade and vodka. In the abandoned mental hospital. Yes. 17. Yeah. Hey, you gotta love it. Okay. So we're walking around the back. Yep. The back door is boarded up. As it, so as what, it should be. What, what, right? what should any smart person do at this point? Bust that motherfucker. No, that's right? not what we did. No? No. That would cause too much noise. We did know that the place was under security watch. Uh, so we uh, decide to walk around the other side through the courtyard. At that point, we hear an engine rev. <laughs> the back half <laughs> of us ran around. Who dialed up the spooky? But uh, out of the darkness. <laughs> Not the darkness. Okay, came the darkness. a cop car with oh, no lights on. Damn. And it was just me, my girl, and uh, my friend Steve. Absolute mood killer. And uh, Steve gets through about maybe a two-foot gap between the brick building and the car hitting him. What? So the cop tried to, like, sandwich him in between the building with his car? Hey, shout-out to to police brutality. (laughs) Why not murder some 17-year-olds on a frisky binge, Oh, they were lucky. Steve was 18. Uh, (laughs) It wouldn't have counted. He was... Anyway, so it's just me, so you Steve, and the girl, an encounter we the get wall. stopped by the cops, so we have to sit down and fry. We're looking up at the creepy-ass building. Cop has the flashlight on us, and he goes, welcome to Glendale Hospital. What the fuck? Time Excuse to pay me. the admissions fee. No, he didn't. 
Yes, he did. You fucking scared. That's not even the worst thing he said. Stop it. That's not even the worst thing he said. Do you think he rehearsed it? Probably. (laughs) I can't wait to catch some kids. He's shining the light around, and he looks at me, looks at the building, looks at Steve, looks at her, looks at me, looks at Steve, looks at the building, looks at me, looks at Steve, looks at the building, looks at her, looks at the building, looks at her, looks at me, looks at her. Ma'am, they're probably here to rape you. Wow. Wow, I mean, look, sometimes you got to call them how you see them, right? Um, And Barack Obama said, if you see something, you should say something. (laughs) But I don't think... Why we got to jump to rape? Why do we have to jump to rape? Maybe they were here to do satanic rituals, right? Like, maybe they were going to... That's normally what we go there to do. Satanic rituals. I'm a 228-year-old... I'm sorry, 229 year old vampire. How do you think I got this way? I just feel like worshiping. I was born this way. <laughs> wow. So rest in peace, John Madden. Right, because that's how we started this. Um, you... Revolutionary broadcaster, two time champion. I was going to Maybe say... three time champion, Super Bowl head coach. And he left behind an eternal franchise with his name that will run on in perpetuity. Or at least until the NFL gets shut down because of causing too many concussions. I was getting ready to say or until uh, fucking EA Sports stranglehold on the NFL video game franchise. You think that? I don't think they'll ever let that copyright (laughs) run out. Dude. Yeah, like you remember like NFL Blitz and shit like that that used to be yeah, oh yeah used to have competitors to that kind of stuff at least you know with uh, fucking NBA you have 2K and you have like live and stuff like that but I think but nobody plays that it's 2K yeah it's 2K I think to the point where they're even considering fading out like I think we may have seen the last NBA live uh yeah. It's too yeah, nobody. It's I, I can't even tell you. We do have some video game news to talk about, right? Like some of the uh, most anticipated video games coming up this year. We're going to give our take on what we think some of the ones to look out for are. We do have some sports updates. Yes, as we... A were, little bit of pop culture updates. That isn't just John Madden passing away and Betty White passing away. Although, rest in peace, Betty White. And Uncle Phil. And uh, I have a couple of questions from the internet that actually made me think for a while. A definite one of them comes from r slash shower thoughts. We're going to take a look at what some of these resolutions and make a couple of resolutions of our own by the end of the episode. We're working on it. I have a patch on for what it's worth. Did I mention I'm not going to stammer through all of my takes anymore, guys? Stammer! It's hard to be a showrunner and a host at the same time. I don't know if you... Because I don't have to be a producer and a host at the same time. You stammer over takes, too. You just get to edit yours out. (laughs) Hey, I edit a lot of yours out, too. (laughs) Well... Also, hi, live improv. <laughs> we both were on improv. Yes, yes. Do but you we... have any improv jokes that you did that you're like, wow, it was really good that you oh, remember? God, no. I do not remember any of the improv that I did while I was up there. Also, you're talking about like 
20 years ago at this point. Not 20. Yeah, no, I guess not 20, because I'd have been like 12. But it feels like... I'm really, I'm really excited. It feels like 20. There's, there's one thing that I'm really excited about for being like 40 and 50, so I can actually go... They'll be like, blah, 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 blah. I could just be like, wow, I haven't heard about that in over 30 years. Wow. Wow, you clown. <laughs> Yo, I absolutely do not remember any of, like, my outstanding, like, improv jokes or anything like that. I'm one of those people that's, like, a one-and-done kind of performance, like, thing. I don't even have, like, tapes of, like, any of the plays and stuff that I was in, which may seem, like, beautifully tragic in today's day and age when everything and anything is on camera and on video, right? Like, if it ain't on video, it didn't happen according to our generation, right? So it's like, was I even in improv? I guess you'll never know. There's a lot of stuff that now I'm like, man, somebody would definitely have a camera out if we did that. Yeah, <gasps> yep. There's a lot of stuff that, once again, I'm glad to not have had on camera. I'm also glad to have made it into a new year of my life without having my life ruined because of something <laughs> dumb I did on the internet. Hey guys, in 2022, can we try not to um, have the milk crate challenge ruin our lives on the internet? <laughs> I have something that's a relevant follow-up. Let it roll on. Um, I also promise to work on my transitions this year. <laughs> so the r slash that shower thought I was talking about okay. from, from Blooming Nova... The difference between Armageddon and Don't Look Up shows how cynical we have become in the last 23 years. Did you know that it is, Don't Look Up is currently trending on uh, Twitter right now because it is being regarded as the first Leo flop in the last decade? But we it also, is, like, while we always look at Rotten Tomatoes, we also know Rotten Tomatoes doesn't mean anything. I mean, so the Metacritic score is at a 50% right now, too, right? So it's got a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, making it rotten. It's got a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb and a 50 on Metacritic, right? So this movie is extremely polarizing. A lot of people think the satire was way too heavy-handed. Some right? people don't get it. I think a hit dog will holla. <laughs> I think some people might just have taken offense to some of the way that, you know, lifestyles and things were portrayed. It was very heavy-handed, but also, so is the Animaniacs. And y'all love that shit. The Animaniacs right? are so fucking good. So is TikTok. And y'all love that it's shit. time for Animaniacs. Although, I venture to say that the people who didn't like they this movie were probably of the older spectrum so of viewers who couldn't sit back and relax and um relax and then come back their lifestyle being made fun you know it probably looked like communist propaganda come join the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister Dot to a lot of people as they're uh -huh. and there's any uh -huh. that they rock or run around run, a lot the, or the, run the, 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 rock around Fun. the clock tonight Fun. As they run around the Warner Studio parking lot. You know who else is doing some running? The Phoenix Suns. Yes, that is right. Who they are, what? Like, in the top six of the league Oh, they're in the top two in the league. Top two in the West. 
and uh, top two. In they the just West. lost to the no. They're top three in the West. Damn. Top three in the West. They're up there with Utah and Golden State. Jeez. Okay, so their record was what? Like, by the last time I checked, it was like 19-4. They were on an 18-game uh, streak. Yeah. Well, so they, we uh, just broke their eight. So we just broke the streak. Then. Right? No, we didn't break the streak. So the Warriors, Warriors broke, broke that streak, I okay. think, at like okay. 14. And then the Suns beat them I the saw next they were night. On the 18 but game. all I know is that Boston beat them last night, which I am shocked by. Dang. I saw that alert on my phone. I'm like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, I did not see so, that coming. So where does Boston sit right now? As Boston as... sits at like 10th in the East. <laughs> So no hope. Okay, so what are you? Everybody's talking about whether or not you should break up Jalen and Jason, and I'm like, I like to think I could like to call them J squared. Um, um why? Because they're like they can't play to each, next to each other. They're, they're too ball dominant, and I'm sitting there thinking I'm just like, if you could just get them a point guard like, like Lonzo, somebody who just doesn't like Kyle Lowry. Somebody who just can get them open so they can play off of the ball. Because if you have Tatum picking the ball up at the wing so he can pick up his ISO game off of some ball movement, it'll be good. Because then he doesn't have to ISO up for very long at all. Right. And I think Jalen is just... You can just put Jalen on any team. I don't understand why... (laughs) Why they don't mesh well together? I don't understand why people think that they don't mesh well together. The rest of the, oh, you the, the rest of the roster way. is trash, and Udoka doesn't know how to run an offensive system. So what you're saying? But is, we literally we need a point guard. It's not that they don't work well together. What it is is they're missing a piece. The rest of the team is trash. Yeah. Right, and them having to carry the team makes for a frustrating component. Right. So, um, you know what's really frustrating when carrying a team? LeBron James is having a stretch right now where he's gotten an average of over 30 points, nine rebounds, and like six assists. And the Lakers are 0 and 5. Damn. That's rough, buddy. Damn. Damn. Do you know? So, that would be like heat numbers, right? On in, in any other like time frame. Right? When, I mean, those are good numbers at any time. That's, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy numbers in any they, other time. He gets them in totally right? different ways now, which is also wild. Yeah. So his game is constant. It's still evolving. Oh, yeah. Despite his like. Like, he used to be like the springy, super athletic monster. Now and now he's like, he's like the Hulk. I was going to say more calculated, right? Like, oh, yeah. He's, he's definitely like a, more calculated, but his body has transformed. He, before he was like Rambo. Now he's like Terminator. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He's very cold, calculated. He just comes in. Or, no, before he was like the Terminator, now he's like the Predator. Right? Like, that's more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is more accurate. The Terminator just come in, fuck some shit up, get the job done, and it's all futuristic. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are back, Kyrie in part time. Only road games. Okay. And, uh, so what do you think this means for... Do you think their uh, return will mean anything for their team? Probably, because the Nets are already first in the East without him. Okay. <laughs> okay. Kevin Durant right now is averaging almost 30 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. So... Kevin Durant... This is wild to say. But he looks... This is the best we've ever... Offensively, this is a Kevin Durant that's just 
unleashed. Completely different. Yeah. The, do you give, think give, that give, would, a, give a Kevin Durant the ball and score us some points? Do you think that that would that that dynamic would be there though in a regular season, right? Because the season is completely like upside down at the moment, right? You've got like some of the games like heavy hitters like on you know quarantine or whatever. Oh lockdown yeah, or whatever. there's so many of the players. We've and had Lance Stevenson back in the league, Isaiah Thomas back in the league, Iso Joe Johnson is back in the league. Right, and you got dudes like LeBron and them carrying their Why haven't they right? signed J. Cole? I I actually had that thought. I'm like, why has nobody signed J. Cole? <laughs> it's almost as bad as the time they had to sign Master P, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are your what are your finals predictions looking like? I'm going that's, to that time is approaching. It's approaching up on us. I'm going to go with Golden State ooh, out of the West because they don't have Clay. They don't even have Clay Thompson back yet. Once they get Clay back, he doesn't play basketball in two years, and that's that's a worry. So, do you think it'll be Phoenix and uh, Golden State? No, or? they're both out of the for the Western. No, what Conference, I'm, what I'm saying for the Western Conference. Western State. Conference, probably. Okay. Utah is really, really good, though. Nobody talks about them because they're Utah. But quiet, but look, might come through with the upset. The East is a little crazy, but I can cop out and just say the Nets because Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. So Golden State versus... Yeah, there's a storyline. Yeah. Steph versus KD. The rivalry. Play it up all over each other. Yeah. Meanwhile... Draymond and KD both on each other's podcasts, and they're just like, look, for real, media, there's like actually no beef here. That's, Can you stop? <laughs> but that's how it always is, yo. That's what I'm saying. So in 2022, can we like just look? I want to preach authenticity. Brother, let's stop faking the funk out here. Partner, player, let's keep it real, baby. Like, I was listening to a podcast, and I had the thought, I tweeted it out. You don't realize that Maryland has an accent until you hear somebody else say Baltimore. Oh, I saw it. Look. And I was listening to the podcast, and he's like, really? If you were just that close, I could have flown into Baltimore. And I'm like, oh. Right. I have a theory that the Maryland accent is nothing more than the amalgamation of all the regional accents in the United States. And cutting out syllables. Because we are an international hub, thanks yeah. to DC. Like, we don't say appreciate it. What do we say? Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I don't think we're the only... I, I think that that's more regional than um, anything. But I do think that, like, our accent is, like, this, like, mishmash hodgepodge of, like... I mean, there's a lot of Africans out here, right? <laughs> like, it's a lot of... Look... It's a lot of, of, of diversity in Maryland, is what I'm trying to say. Armageddon, or the difference between Don't Look Up and Armageddon has showed how cynical we've become, everybody. <laughs> we don't need to have that discussion. We just had it without having it. No, but I think it's really funny that this movie don't... I think it's really funny that Don't Look Up to bring it all back to what the fuck we was talking about. I don't even know how the fuck we... Look, um, in 2022, we plan to um, not go on. So many, so many tangents. <laughs> um, off-brand, Riptides. <laughs> um, I think it's wild that Don't Look Up 
is so divisive. It's very fitting for the climate right now, right? Yep. Like we can't even. Ha! I don't think I still don't think it was about climate. Me right? neither. It, but... I totally think it was about the pandemic, and I think that's why people are butt hurt about yep. the movie because <laughs> they're like, hey, I don't think it's funny. I think you know that the government really had a bunch of missteps and. Um, you know, they politicized everything, and I really think that at the end of the day, it's Barack Obama and Black Lives Matter's fault. Oh, and, um, not Hillary Clinton, no. But save the kids, though, for real. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> 2022, let's make that about saving the kids, guys. Yeah. I mean, the children are Perry future. Cole, Perry what was Cole. that, the 80s? Like, wasn't that the 80s? The children are our future when they yeah. find that shit? Yeah, let's bring that back. Since we're bringing back all the tacky things of the 80s, like racism and sexism and members-only jackets. Are they bringing members-only jackets back? Also, Alone at Promise Fire. He's on fire! So about the 80s. <laughs> Speaking of movies, I watched The Harder They Fall recently. The Afro, the Afro Spaghetti Western? Oh, ooh, is that a new term? You heard it here first, ladies and gents. I don't know if that's a new term. Um, this movie is also not that new. It came out, what, like a couple of months ago? Yeah. Wow, I, my black ass was about to type in Afro Spaghetti Western. <laughs> so this is a... Drop it. Turtle Tape. It's Get that turtle go, bro. Hey guys, guess what I finally watched? <laughs> uh, the Harder They Fall, directed by uh, James. I, I don't. Fuck. I really hope I. If, I don't know if it's James. It might be James Samuels. So I'm just gonna say James Samuels. And if I pronounce that wrong, give me hit. <laughs> With starring. Jonathan Major, Zazie Beats, Regina King, Idris Elba. We also had the likes of DeWanda Wise, RJ uh, Seiler, Julio Caesar. God, I can't. Don't, I don't have my glasses on. Hold on. Julio Caesar Cedillo. <laughs> yeah, I said Julio. <laughs> Julio, Cesar, Julio Caesar Cedillo. Julio! <laughs> Yo, um, I'll take. Lakeith Stanfield was it? Course. Yeah. Mustafa Shakur, Manny Rubio. Oh! Mustafa Shakur of Jet fame. Damon Wayans was in this joint, right? Delroy Lindo was in this joint as Bass Reeves. So essentially, the movie is your classic, like, revenge style spaghetti western. I'm not gonna spoil the whole thing for you, but like an outlaw busting to in the in the opening scene, right? Outlaw busting to this family's house, shoots mom. Pfft, Bang, cold dead in front of daddy and son, right? Then, bang, shoots dad dead right in front of son, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just, in your feels, all of a sudden, this nice Christian family was having a nice breakfast, I guess. I, I think it was breakfast time. I don't know. It seemed a little early for murder, if you ask me. But not according to this movie, no. And then instead of killing the little boy, you know what he does? The outlaw did? Carved a cross into that little boy's forehead, right? With a straight razor, right? Very well shot. 
opening scene. Right? The cinematography in this movie, fucking A1. Right? Just mid. The Witcher was also had some really great very cinematography. Weird chef's kiss. Very stylized. It seems, I guess, the uh, directing group for this movie works as a collective because um, it just says the bullets on the IMDb thing. Uh, but the movie's got an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's currently still sitting at fresh. It's got a 68% on Metacritic and a 6.6 out of 10 on uh, IMDb. I think it deserves better than that, though. Honestly, the story felt fresh. Um, I, it was a fresh take on an old Western narrative, right? Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because it had black people in it, guys, before all uh, you Twitter critics get to hacking and typing away at your keyboards, right? Like, I do felt, you know, the pacing in this movie um, was a little rushed at points. Um, it was a very stylized piece. You could definitely tell that it was kind of like Quentin Tarantino-inspired kind yeah. of Western. Um, Western. I feel like it was a more traditional take on like the Django approach yeah. to um, these spaghetti Western narratives. Let me start with what I loved with the movie. If we haven't already made it clear, okay. I, I think that the um, the the directing was great. Um, I think the cinematography was great. This is a very beautiful movie to watch, right? Oh, I can tell that from the trailer, for sure. The acting, I thought, was... The acting, I thought, was really good. Um, I, I mean, you know... You I, have Idris Elba and Jonathan Majors right, and I mean, the King, cast is like, stacked, right? So, from a cast with all of these names on it, like I said, Zazie Beetz, um, Lakeith Stanfield, Mustafa Shakur, like, all of these... Everybody, I feel like, carried their characters very well. There were some parts that felt a little bit hammy, but, I mean, when you get into these kinds of, like... It's a spaghetti western. Right, yeah. When you get into these kinds of genres, it's bound to happen. Like, it's like, uh, what is it, Robert Roger Ebert's, like, Laws of Movies or something? If you're having a, a chase scene in a tropical location, yeah. you're going to spill a fruit cart? I was talking to you about this off mic, and I said that this movie kind of, like, re-invigorated uh, my taste for um, regular TV and regular movies, right? Because I've been watching, like, fucking nothing but, like, YouTube and documentaries and shit, right? Yeah. Because everything is a remake of something or a reboot. The culture and, industry. Shout out Adorno and Horkheimer. And I was definitely... Like you know you know. <laughs> I was definitely having some fatigue, right? Like, I just couldn't deal with, like all of the new unoriginal content that we had yep so yeah no i was watching i'm like if i'm gonna watch something repetitive it's gonna be like fucking tiktoks and memes on the internet but again, i'm not gonna you know do all this high budget uh similarity like conform i'm not gonna do all this high budget conformity <laughs> speaking of high budget pigs speaking of uh, high budget conformity and the recycling remakes and reuse of everything Somebody is going to try to fill the massive shoes of Nicolas Cage as Ghost Rider. Oh, so, wait. They were remaking Ghost Rider? They is, want to remake it is that, for the MCU. And do you know who wants to play Ghost Rider? Is that a part Rider? of this phase? Who? 
Norman Reedus of Walking Dead and Boondock Saints fame. Okay. Also, I wanted to, before we jump into this too much, anything I see Jonathan Majors in for the rest of forever, I am going to wonder, is this part of the MCU? <laughs> Shut the f- so you go watch The Harder They Fall and be like, okay, wait, so when does Hawkeye show up? Yeah, but now I'm looking at Lovecraft Country and I'm like, wow, there are some monsters from some of these movies that could fill these roles. Like, Yeah, no, okay, so I'm seeing now on Entertainment Weekly's uh, fan fuels speculations that he'll play uh, Ghost Rider in the movies. So it's still speculative. He could see. They, they posted a thing and it was like Norman Reedus like this. That's what the speculation was? No, I said he wants to play Ghost Rider. Oh, so you're just saying... Well, the... The other person I know you're thinking of is Charlie Hunnam. From Sons of Anarchy? From Sons of Anarchy. And I'm like, why not? (laughs) Because do you really... That's (laughs) heavy-handed. That's heavy-handed. And then somehow we can tie it in so that Sons of Anarchy... Even more, because he died at the end! Exactly. So now it's MCU canon, right? <laughs> Sons of Anarchy is now part of the MCU. All right, let's play a game. Seven Degrees to Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nope, nope, this game is not going to work well. Lie. <laughs> Yo, uh, but you see, but you see my train of thought, though. <laughs> He, he could easily be transitioned into the Ghost Rider. Although, although, I will say that Norman Reedus definitely looks like he fits the bill. For, oh, yeah. Uh, a biker lit on fire. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely. Pretty sure he's been lit on fire in The Walking Dead. <sighs> I thought you were going to say, I'm pretty sure he's been lit on fire in real life. Like, that's, that's, Wouldn't that's, surprise that's, me. What? What kind of hardcore lifestyle do you think Norman Reedus lives? Look at him! <laughs> he looks like he was born to play Aragorn. Oof. Oof. That's kind of a hot take. Does he not look like he could play Aragorn in the, like, reboot? I'm not feeling Aragorn, but he's definitely a lead character in that reboot. Who would he be other than... Oh my god, you're making me mad. Like, you know what else makes me mad? So apparently Eminem has joined the NFT market. And not recently joined the NFT because as of researching this, I found out that he's got like 15 of these shits so far. But he recently just purchased a, uh, what is it? A uh, Board Ape Yacht Club NFT, totaling in at around 123.5 Ethereum, which is something equivalent to $450,000. This nigga Eminem spent $450,000 on an NFT that is a monkey that looks like Eminem. It's currently his Twitter handle, or his Twitter avatar. I love it. I love it. And I still don't understand the whole point of NFTs, because you can just, like, screenshot. That's everybody's point, right? Is like, how is this, how is there any value to this system when I thought the concept was cool at first right like but then it turned into like a laundering a like multi-level marketing laundering scheme um, yeah 
I'm not, look, I'm not hating on the game. I'm just saying it's clever. It's pretty fucking obvious at this point. So far, Board Eight Yacht Club has sold 11,705.7. I wasn't even going to include the point. Yeah. So it's like 11,705, so round up to say 11,706 Ethereum worth of NFTs, which totaling around like 43 million. And that was like a low ball estimate, right? From what um, I had seen reported in like several different places. Right, uh, with the current floor pricing for NFTs being around two hundred and twenty thousand for sixty of them, shits, right? Or for, for not for NFTs for Ethereum. The current floor pricing for Ethereum sits at two hundred and twenty thousand for sixty of them, shits, right? And so thirty seven hundred per thirty seven hundred per Ethereum, and Board Eight Yacht Club is making fucking a killing with this for selling jpegs so i had a theory. like that's my whole thing with nfts you're selling a jpeg so i feel like and this is just you're, oh i'm sorry you're selling you're selling a jpeg with a sticker on it i feel like this is another way to use crypto as a source to destabilize the dollar right um and replace physical currency which feels weird to say because we don't even really have physical currency anymore it's just like yeah it's all debit and it's all debt right that's the laundering aspect of it right like people are moving large sources of money out through and you can't do it through like crypto mining and stuff like that anymore right because like the government is on to that so you're gonna start getting taxed yeah on all of the crypto unless you buy some nfts <laughs> right you go out and you spend all your crypto on nfts now you're not getting taxed on it anymore because it's being used to stimulate the economy and ways through art means we were already having this discussion last year it was becoming you know a what's a lot topic. easier way to launder your money by regular art which no is <laughs> by buying shiny expensive cardboard which is just a proxy for regular. And money. if you wanted to legally invest your money first wise into this, Here you can check out tokennftg.com for all of your Pokemon, and Flesh and Blood, Blood, Magic the Gathering, and Yu-Gi-Oh! needs in Edgewater, Maryland. And if you use the promo code Ziggy, you can get 10% off your order. And you might even see me playing there now with Flesh and Blood. I played my first Flesh and Blood tournament this week. Damn. It was it at uh, Token, Token MTG? MTG? In Edgewater, Maryland. <laughs> No, but seriously, this is just, you know, a proxy for the art world money laundering scheme, yeah. which everybody was getting hip to last year anyway, right? That shit was floating around in the zeitgeist. And now people are wondering why NFTs are so popular, and it's clearly to launder money through crypto, right? Yep. Um, and then the whole- Cleaning decentralized currency. Wow, this is getting super meta. <laughs> can we not, can we not make that the theme? Fuck you, Facebook. God damn it. It's not, and I refuse to call you anything but Mark Zuckerberg. Meta. No one's gonna adopt that shit. It's the fucking worst name change since since P. Diddy decided he wanted to become Brother Love. From the Hornets to the Pelicans. That's a pretty bad one. 
I know some people. Who if anybody wants to buy an NFT from us for something. No, I'm not. No, first of all, they're terrible for the fucking environment. I know people who are like, ooh, getting money is terrible. I was just going to send them, like, zip file. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, here you go. Yeah, but there's no crypto back behind it. That's, that's kind of the whole point, right? Is like NFTs and crypto. But you have my promise that it's the real one. I know some people who have some NFT projects um, coming out. And I just, yeah, I, it feels as volatile as the crypto market does, right? It feels as volatile as meme stocks does. This just feels like another meme thing to me. Where I said the money laundering thing comes in is, you know, you have people who create these NFTs, they sell them at high prices, right? And then they break in all of the money from people who bought these NFTs at high prices and are now trying to resell it, right? It is literally the hype beast market eating itself alive. So <laughs> it has become an Ouroboros or it has. an Ouroboros or whoever, however you like to pronounce it. Or uh, I still can't get a PlayStation 5 because of you motherfucker. <laughs> so suck it i hope you and your nfts all burn in hell break fuck it i'm 40 it's fuck it i'm 40 podcast with tracy Kreider and kelly bell where two sisters just one day decided to pick up a mic and start talking about shit and we think we're fucking funny and so far, we found out 25 other people do as well. Excellent. So wherever you get your podcast on, come out and find us. We're a good time. Our only rule is don't be a dick. Despite as annoying Nabby was, I miss when Nabby. I miss Nabby when she flew away. She was not that obnoxious. You make her sound way more obnoxious. Although, I made this shit my text message ringtone. And let me tell you, nothing is more obnoxious than hearing that shit come through back to back to back to back to back. And somebody is firing off a fucking novel in your fucking notifications. Hey, 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 hey. Pro tip, everybody. Just write it as one long message. That way, I mean, like, now you have the crash tone, which is hilarious. <laughs> yo, people be so fucked up. They'd be like, yo, what the fuck was that? I'd be like, oh, that was my phone. <laughs> and they're like, I recognize that, but I don't know what it's from. No, it's great when people don't recognize what it's from because they just, like, I had one person that just think it was a cat. And I'm like, I'm like you're not fucked It's a bandicoot. I mean, I don't think that's like a cat. It's more like a rat. Is it? <laughs> Bars? Unintentional bars? Unintentional bars! Bars! Speaking of unintentional bars. Well, I was gonna say, well, um. Not speaking of unintentional bars! Text oh, messages. yeah, I mean, my text message notification is the level up sound from Final Fantasy VII. Um, also, what I want to bring into 2020, no, what we are not going to bring into 2022, since I'm on, you know, a roll here with things that we are going to leave behind and build up moving forward um we're gonna stop shaming people for their fucking ringtones okay it's something i'm still holding on to dearly i'm still part i was part 
of the, the ringtone generation. generation. Yeah. Sir, um, Soldier Boy, hello. <laughs> Soldier what's your, what's your ringtone? No, excuse me. Soldier Boy, tell him. <laughs> what's your ringtone? <laughs> there was such a millennial Dan joke, and you just let me slide right fucking past it. Yep, I was yeah. gonna let you. Uh, uh, yeah? God damn. Um, no, um, my ringtone is fucking 21 Savage. Dude, what the fuck? Bank account. Yeah, it's still 21 Savage bank account. Mine's Guile's theme song from Street uh, Fighter. Is it? Is it? Yeah, no, my text message is the Crash Bandicoot blow. It used to be the Yu Yu Hakusho theme song. And for all those who are about to flame me for still having novelty ringtones and shit, I need them. I need my ringtones to be obnoxious and catchy, or else I'll ignore my phone. I will. Whoa! <laughs> if that shit don't go off, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick it up, right? Like it's in my pocket. I don't be thinking about it. I be moving and doing shit during the day. If my, if my phone is not obnoxious, I will not look at that motherfucker. But if you lose a life, whoa! I'm surprised. You should have it as. What have I got? <laughs> Yo, then people would really wink the fuck out every time my phone went off. <laughs> this shit would give somebody a fucking heart attack. You run into like the whitest lady and she's just like, like the whitest old lady and she's just like, and I'm really embracing your Afroism, aren't you? I'm like helping her to her car. <laughs> Like or I'm just walking behind her and she hasn't even noticed me yet. I'm gonna move the ball. Exactly. Phone go off. Next fucking thing you know. 60 minutes. Was it just a ringtone? Or was it a call for action? Guile's theme song. It's a song of action. Pressure down on me. Speaking of being put under pressure. Um, some UK citizens found themselves under pressure over the Christmas weeks. Were they named Freddie and David? No, no. These were UK citizens who happened to be uh, banking with Santander Bank or any of its partners or subsidiaries. Allegedly, they had an accidental um, technical error, technical glitch in their system that caused their bank to dole out the duplicates of payments to some of its customers, totaling in a loss of $175.9 million from the bank. What? Imagine waking up Christmas morning and finding like an extra paycheck in your bank account thinking that you had been gifted by <laughs> the fucking universe for the shit years that were 2021 and 2020. And 2016. Right? Only for your Everybody bank. has to remember, 2016 is like the benchmark shit year. Dude, only for your bank to call you up and be like, hey, um, I'm gonna need that back. <laughs> How much? One point. There was like an accident. It was 1.75, or it was $175.9 million that in total that was paid out to customers and duplicate payments made by the bank. Right, and I'm just I bring this story up because I'm fucked up off the fact that like could you imagine accidentally sending your dealer like twice the amount in a cash app drop and be like hey I'm I'd be need, so blown I'm gonna need the uh, like I'm gonna need that other money back you can't accidentally send your OnlyFans subscription <laughs> twice look you can't accidentally tip that bitch twice and be like hey yo boo um can you 
Can you send that? Look, I'm gonna need the money. Imagine you in a club, right? And you put a fucking 20 in the bitch and you like, oh wait, no, that's my gas money. Hold on, oh, I'm gonna need that shit back. <laughs> no, you can't do that, right? <laughs> you did not. You did not. Oh, please tell me you did not. <laughs> You have not. I cannot continue to host this show with you if you tell me, sir. It was literally freaking. I cannot explain to you the level of disappointment that my pimpin has brought upon me. How tragic. How tragic. Snatching your money back from a stripper. Well, that is what this UK bank had to do over the Christmas break. And. I just feel some kind of way um, about the whole exchange, right? Like, I feel like finders keepers, right? Like, if I found the money in my bank account before you called me about it, then I should get to keep it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... That's Cap. You think? That's Cap. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. <laughs> Why? Remember the story way back when when we were like 1.9, uh, it was like, no, like a hundred pounds of weed shows up on the person's doorstep and you were like, what are you going to do with that? And you were like, somebody's going to be missing. That's different. That's different. This wasn't like- Suitcase of a million dollars on the side of the road. Dude, okay. I'm going to leave it, but I'm going to take at least 200 I feel like that's the reason. It's a million dollars in that suitcase, son. You can expect at least 200,000 to go missing from it if it's on the side of the road, B. That's a smart decision. But like, if I would be terrified to take the whole briefcase for damn sure. I would be terrified to take 200,000. But the first thing I'm gonna do is go get strapped the fuck up. I got $200,000 now, what the fuck you need? I'm gonna get a real nice chain. You remember when we went to Lowe's, that one chain that I was like enamored with? I literally put on my to-do list, get, and I wrote down that liquid chain. I'ma just get you a chain. I know a shorty that make chain mail outfits. I'ma just get you a chain whip made so you can <laughs> stop hoping and dreaming. But we also gonna take you to the fire range because Tell you the chain whip ain't gonna do nothing with Kyle Rittenhouse in the down line, like. But I'm not gonna be in his fire. For place. country! For country! You see, that's an example of privilege right there, everybody. Uh, yeah. See, I like the way you said that was very, like, public school announcement. And that right there is an example of. Why being white in America is probably beneficial for your sake. It wasn't Cheers! Because it wasn't for Breonna Taylor. For everybody knows her name. Because it wasn't for Breonna Taylor's boyfriend. Husband. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Doesn't matter. So I did want to share, I told you this stat off mic, but it is one of the most fascinating stats that I have ever heard. 
when it comes to a professional athlete. LeBron James has been in the NBA longer than he has not been in the NBA. It's still crazy to hear. He's been in his when the league for more than half of his biological life. Right. When you say it like that, it was a very weird sentence to hear out loud. And it immediately made me ask you, like, so yeah, then he was drafted at 18, right? But you 17. 17, right? Um, and he's 35. The year, damn, he's only 35. Yo, Brian, Brian. No, like I told you, I told you when we started this podcast, one of Dude, the earliest episodes, me, I don't even know if this episode is posted me? anymore, I said that LeBron is going to play in the league, he even set up at the end of this year, Bron- Bronny is eligible for the draft, and Bronny oh, that's right. is and lighting said, it up. And you said he wants to play with his son. Yeah, he wants to play with Bronny. You heard it here, folks. If you heard it here first, LeBron and Bronny would join an exclusive club of only one other father-son pairing to play on a professional sports team together, and that is Ken Griffey Sr. and Jr. Dude, I'm still fucked off off of the fact that uh, LeBron is only fucking 35, yo. Like, which is. Ancient uh, as a basketball player. Yes, but, but people like he's been in the league since 2003. So this is season fi- 19 years. Dude, it's Jordan weird. played for 12. Because I'm gonna be 32 this year. <laughs> LeBron and James I, was drafted when I was 11. And LeBron James was 35. And so I'm gonna be 36. I was talking to somebody. And I was like, what the fuck am I? I was talking to somebody younger, and I was just like, yeah, you know, like, Wade's first finals run. And they were like, whoa, you remember Wade's first finals? Get the fuck out of here. I'm like, that for us, that's like, that's 06. That did not happen. God damn it, y'all. It wasn't that long ago. They were also blown away because I named, like, the last 25 or 30 NBA champions off in order. This guy. <laughs> this guy. Celtics in 86, Lakers 87, Pistons 88. Pistons 89, Bulls 90, 91, 92, Rockets, Rockets, Bulls, 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 Spurs, Spurs, Lakers, 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 Spurs, Pistons, Spurs, Heat, Spurs. You still going, huh? Celtics, Lakers, Lakers, Mavericks, Heat, Heat, Spurs, Golden State, Cleveland, Golden State, Golden State, Toronto, Lakers, That should be all of them since 86. Damn, you really hit the... I think that's all of them. Like, it's not like I can definitely do all of them since 06, for sure. I used to know every Super Bowl, too. Just the... Trove of sports memorabilia and knowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean, the New York Yankees have 27 world championships. The Orioles have three, one in 1966, one in 1971, 1983. I wasn't testing. The Washington Wizards have one championship with the Baltimore Bullets, and that was in 1970. Anyway, yes, I'm a wealth of a wealth of sports knowledge. Believe it or not. I mean, I could talk about the book of Boba Fett. Which is kind of cool. 
I mean, yeah. the first I mean, episode's so what out. Did you think about the book first episode's out. I don't. I didn't like it as much Ooh. as I liked the first episode of Mandalorian. Okay. It almost had like a Samurai Jack kind of aspect in it because hmm. a lot of the storytelling was nonverbal. Right. Well, because Boba Fett is. It starts off, of course, with him escaping the Sarlacc pit. Right. right. How okay. does he do it? He like pulls himself to like the side of another dead stormtrooper that's stuck in there, and then he burns he punches through a part of the sarlacc pit and he shoots his flamethrower and he burns from the inside of the sarlacc pit and then claws out through like 20 feet of sand yeah and then he sits there and he like passes out and a bunch of jawas show up and they take all of his armor and rob yeah right right and he like starts to wake up a little bit the middle of it the jawas like knock it back out Right, just enough for us to see, for us to see that he's getting robbed by the child. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I thought of this like Boba Fett really escaped the trap just to get robbed by some junkies. <laughs> like, Jesus, that's pretty hilarious. So when he wakes up without his armor, there's a bunch of Tuscan Raiders there that are like, "Yeah, well, he doesn't have any armor. We can make him a slave." Wow, so he escapes the Sarlacc pit to become a slave for some Tuscan Raiders. After so getting mugged. After getting mugged. So, so they tie, they tie him up by his arms, and okay. then they just drag him through the sand. Through the searing hot sand, stripped of all his armor. Right? Yeah. So, the, so they've taken... So the opening of the show is they've taken the beloved character of Boba Fett, right? And ripped him of everything that we know about him. Completely made him vulnerable, right? We're taking this and we're stripping it raw. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, like, this is, Stark he, he already at the, this is him before the Mandalorian, because you remember, he showed up at the end of the Mandalorian, he kills Jabba the Hutt, yeah. and then he, the other part of the show is him as a crime lord. So, like, Mandalorian's a western, Book of Boba Fett is, like, power set in Star Wars. Jesus Okay. Okay. All right, so did you watch anything else that had that uh, piqued your interest that was worth taking a look at over... Uh, the Animaniacs, everybody. It's so fucking funny. It's just so fucking funny. I was howling. Also, The Witcher, like I said, is also very good for all of you people who have not watched it. It's super stylized. The fight scenes are great, but I mean, like, it has... It takes the good things from Zack Snyder in, like, the a right amount of slow-mo and camera shifting for perspective during a fight. Hmm. Uh, they, introduce much, they introduce more characters. It's much more fluent. Okay. When it comes to the storytelling, you meet more of the Witchers, which is cool. Yeah, so the Witcher is really, really good. Uh, the other thing that I would recommend that people check out is our sister podcast, Fucking I'm 40, oh, and brother right. podcast, Str- Straight No Chase. And for all you card players, once again, if you check out TokenMTG.com in Edgewater and use the promo code Ziggy, you can get 10% off of your order. And if you're playing Flesh and Blood, you more than likely will see me there on Thursday nights. I'm playing Visceral. He's a, uh, a rune blade, which is basically like a, um, he's like a dark sword user with like magic and stuff. So basically what I'm doing is I'm just like making all of these like little, um, like spirit, they're basically like mini spirit bombs, right? 
and then when I attack, it launches all of the spirit bombs at me. And this is in the card game? Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's the character's attack. I got it. Okay. Pretty dope. Is it? Pretty so dope. It, it kind of sounds like Yu-Gi-Oh a little bit, right? Like. So, uh, believe it or not, it actually... It plays more like Pokemon. Really? Yeah, so I mean, like, you have your fighter, you Pokemon, you're, you have your, like, six Pokemon, your yeah. bench, and your prizes, you're trying to get all your prizes. Right. But you just have your one character, and you have equipment that, like, you can use, like, once during the game, and then when the equipment breaks, like, you flip it over. Okay. So... Right. Yeah, no, I, I kind of remember that. It, honestly, the way that it's playing reminds me of my favorite card game of all time. The Yu Yu Hakusho card game. We've talked about this card game before, and I always forget that there is a card game based off of Yu Yu Hakusho because it seems like a very wild thing to base a card game. It's an amazing card game, by the way. Uh, I'm going to. I found the entire database of all of the Yu Yu Hakusho cards in a zip file, downloaded it, and then wow. found deck lists from online and made a couple of these decks and threw them into files so I could print them up. And my friend Kyle and I are going to play the Yu Yu Hakusho card game. Wow, you're going to revive team that U shit We're going to do Team Yurameshi versus Team Taguro. You're going to revive that shit from the dead DIY. With, with proxies! I fuck with it. Um, <clears throat> By the way, everybody, if you're not going to buy from Token MTG, fuck Watsi and don't buy from that my man said go straight to the front. For magic, flesh and blood, buy all of the cards you want. That's a good company that actually does support their players. Founded by former disenfranchised magic players. So what was the company called again? Uh, the ones that make flesh and blood? Oh, oh, okay. So flesh and blood is founded. Flesh and blood is a game created by two disenfranchised magic players. Like pro tour level players who are like, Wizards is trash and That's ruining great. the game. That's great. Let's make our own. Wizards is trash by our cards. Hey, look, it's a great mar it's a great uh, door opening pitch or whatever the fuck they call it. Uh. So, I mean, like, the game has gotten legitimate traction and the prize support is, is ignorant how much the prize support is. I got a promo just for playing and it's worth, like, $20. So you pulled up an article you were telling me about earlier today. I was reading an article from The Ringer uh, with the headline, it's time to accept that millennials and Gen Z are the same generation, right? And at first I felt a little abrasive and offended, right? But as the article goes on, I embraced the concept that Justin Charity of The Ringer was putting forward in the article as it progressed. It started out by talking um, about Olivia Rodrigo and yeah. her uh, kind of meteoric rise that she's seen with the release of her Sour album debuting at number one on the Billboard charts. And her album title, Sour. Sour. Yes. yes. Well, her album. Really? Did you just grammar Nazi me, dog? I clarity you. Okay. Fair enough. Yes, her album titled Sour. Um, I clarify you. Rounded out I have to clarify the, myself. the year at number one on the Billboard charts. And she's the one who, with the debut single, uh, Driver's License, that, like, sad, slow, yeah. 
piano song. Um, I do love me some sad emo piano. Her act, a lot of people are um, taking a look at some of her inspiration as far as her uh, musical aesthetic and choices are concerned, right? Um, it feels like a very like, surgical way to say that. But essentially what I'm saying is people are looking at her aesthetic and they're trying to figure out where she draws her inspiration. Haha, it's very much more coherent way to say that statement. Um, and you know, everybody is seeing the the uh, Avril Lavigne influence, the Paramore influence, the Green Day influence, right? And it's leading a lot of people to talk about how Gen Z it's leading Justin to talk about how Gen Z really isn't that much different than millennials, right? Or, or I guess the better way to say that is Gen Z culture really isn't that much different from millennial culture, right? Yeah, it doesn't seem like the, the technological gap between, like, boomers and millennials is... Without even getting into, like, like keeping it culturally, like, or keeping the aspect cultural for a moment, right? It's not even like our icons are that much different. Yeah. Right? Like, we have more iconic difference between Gen Xers than we do with Gen Z, right? Like, a lot of us are still, like, uh, as Justin pointed out, like, it's still Taylor Swift, Do Doja Cat, uh, Kanye, Drake, yeah. Beyonce, right? Like, it, between Gen Z and, um, and Millennials. Whereas if you were to go with millennials and Gen Xers, you might have a lot of them uh, Gen Xers who are still like, you know, Tupac, Biggie, Rakim, Eminem. And then when you get to millennials, you'll have some of them who are like, nah, Gucci Mane, Kanye West. I mean, I was born in 1990, like, so I was born at the peak of millennial, uh, or not the peak of millennial, but at the beginning of millennial. My sister was born in 75. Right, so she's definitely what, like, that's the beginning of Gen X. Right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I've been surrounded by like Gen X, and my brother and sister, I think, qualify as late millennials. So, Justin went on to make the analogy that millennial and Gen Z are more akin to like older brother, younger brother than they really are like a generational gap. Yeah, right, whereas, um, millennial to boomer is, right? Like, that's a big... And there's more of a defining... And then another thing that Justin goes into in the article is to talk about how there was more of a culturally defining moment that solidified boomers um, in their generation, right? Like, these were... Post-World War II. Right. Born children. Whereas... Um, the only distinction that can be actually drawn between Millennial and Gen Z is 9-11 and iPhone. Right? <laughs> like, well, not... Alright, so the big difference is World War II was a multi-year long event where almost the, half the country was sent off to war. Right. That's like, my point. Like, real war. That's But that's Justin's point as well, right? Justin's point is there's no... There's no definite like defining moment that separates gen z from millennials other than maybe a 9-11 or the fact that gen z is the first generation to truly grow up with smart technology 
as an integrated system into their lifestyle. And while we were young enough to easily adapt and adopt it. It was a commodity when we grew up. Just like TV was a commodity when, um, just like TV, oops, computer died. Just like TV was a commodity when uh, the baby boomers were born, mm -hmm. right? And how computers were a commodity when Gen Xers were being born. But it's Justin even goes further into talking about how Gen Xers have failed to really be defined by their generation as well. Like they're the first generation that was simply defined by the culture at the time, right? Whereas the baby boomers. When you think of Gen X, what do you think of? The MTV. I think of skateboards and Nirvana. I immediately, well, I mean, I immediately think of like MTV and Yeah, I mean, like Rolling Stones, but they're like the 70s too, aren't they? Like, the magazine Rolling Stone is the 70s. No, the magazine Rolling Stone is something that still can define Gen X. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but once again, that's still culture, right? Like, they, they're not defined by uh, a global. A global movement they are defined by a cultural moment right so now so to just because the 80s were boring <laughs> to justin's point and to a couple of other like uh scholars in this field's point like there is no real defining moment for what separates these other generations from themselves Bringing it back to millennials and Gen Zers, though, there's even less of a defining or difference between us and Gen Z, as I've already pointed out. Yeah, right? because with the war, it was something that continually affected the environment. With 9-11, it was just a before and after. Right. Uh, Gen X even is akin to, like, I, in that analogy, if we're in the analogy of millennials and zoomers being older brother younger brother then would you make gen x like the cool uncle right if the baby boomers are the parent generation then gen x is the cool because that's also the generation of vietnam right like they were the first ones to tradition or to really push back against the traditional narrative of american nationalism and imperialism i think no i think gen x are the kids of Vietnam. Of the Vietnam. Okay. So the kids of the baby what, I boomer. No, kids? I think the the silent generation that they were talking. No, that's before. Yeah, that's the. I think that's technically like the baby boomer, right? No, I think it's. Anyway, the, my whole point is, um, Gen X could even be defined by Vietnam if you really wanted to give them like a political definition but that doesn't really the like like you were to your point 9-11 was a day before day after kind of yeah. moment, right like it wasn't i you could i guess use the war in afghanistan as a proxy to throw that. back to one of the biggest or one of uh, our older episodes if you remember banky on our damn it on guns said something very very poignant America is looking for a sense of unity they felt on September 10th and September 12th, 2001. Right. No. Absolutely. And it's all. And at this point, I feel like it's safe to say that the unity that was felt on September 10th is more of a fictitious thing, 
that we're chasing, right? Because it, as we can see now with all of the civil rights divisiveness and all the human rights injustices that are and the, the global pandemic that is still being handled like a shitstorm. Yep. <laughs> Um, none of this shit is normal. Nothing, nothing was like this idea that this Hollywood um, idea that we had of what America was before 9/11 is just that, right? It's 9/11. Before 9/11, America was pleasantly boring. It's a deep. <laughs> I guess so. The biggest political scandal was the president getting a blowjob. I have a theory that. The drive to define Zoomers as their own separate generation is not only a marketing ploy, right, for uh, you know generationally sensitive viewers who are drawn to those kind of clickbait uh, articles, a ploy to divide what could collectively be the shifting force and power in this country, right? Because the uh, the numbers that millennials and Zoomers would have if they identified as the same cultural um, movement would be comparative to the baby boomer uh, set. Maybe not in like financial standing, right? Because you know baby boomers do sit on like the benefits that they had of when the economy actually meant something. It wasn't based on a debt ceiling that was forever raising and threatening to be lowered on the capitalist structure. The debt ceiling that is rising and crashing, crashing through. through. This is Ziggy throwing a curveball. And this is Doc with what has been the first flood episode of the new year. No, this is the second episode of the new year than Hunt, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first recording of the new year. It was a little bit slower paced this time around because, I mean, it's the new year. It's the news is slow. Um, but I, I just forgot to look up this day in history. We'll be back at you guys again next week with even more hot takes, even more pop perspective to make the mainstream make sense. And... Shout out Token FG Ashwater. <laughs> Shout out Token Seriously, FG we had Ashwater. five people show up for Flesh and Blood. I want more people to show up for Flesh and Blood. Shout out to fucking M40. Shout out to Scrape No Chase. And remember, guys, we need to get on y'all's show or bring y'all on here. Keep your death threats 240 characters or less. Please. Be safe, y'all. Deuces! Look, it's a flood! It's a flood! It's flooding! Get away! Quick, we need to get to higher ground! Open the floodgates!